So if you move your settling in, okay. And used to the situation. Um, of course, this is not going to happen immediately. And nothing much happens immediately. Apart from the recognition, perhaps that your mind is not under your control. You get that one happens quite quickly. <laughs> and how you respond to that. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? That's the big question. <laughs> so I mean your mind, I mean really that system of thinking and uh, planning, organizing. Yeah? That's a big aspect of it. It's what we call the mano vinyana, mind consciousness. It constructs things, it constructs ideas, possibilities, uh, judgments about oneself, other people, and so forth. It's very good at creating these ideas. These ideas have impact, don't they? They stir us. So this is like having rain falling on a tin roof. You know, so everything is bouncing, reverberating. Normally, of course, when we act upon these thoughts, some of the pressure goes off. I'm just moving around, doing this, that, and the other, other sense, other consciousnesses. Maravignana is one of the six consciousnesses where, you know, you're certainly going to tasting, listening, talking, moving around as the consciousness come in. And they help to, you know, diffuse the impact of the thinking mind. And when you do sense restraint, suddenly all that which is normally diffused over uh, seeing things, tasting things, touching things, hearing things, it's no longer diffused. And the restless seeing of all that suddenly comes down one channel, the mind channel. It can be quite overwhelming. Disorienting. And naturally, the response is how to make it stop. I want my mind to calm down, how to make it stop. And then I can't make it stop. I'm not very good at this meditating stuff. And then, so it's not so. Now, actually, I'm trying to suggest that you don't adopt these ideas of stopping my mind. Who's going to stop your mind? It's another idea, isn't it? When you set that idea that something's happening, and it'll stop happening, then you set up a wave of conflict. And this is what we call the domination strategy. Um, shut my mind up. So you're going to, you're going to get out of that strategy, which you will be able to use. Very, very destructive and abusive to one of different places. I will cooperate. I will cooperate. I will learn or seek to find a place of harmony with this. That's a different level of response. The word carries with it some of these essential. of tolerance and compassion and kindness and 
Jesus of Tosh. time these qualities build up and they begin to absorb that restless seething energy. So if you see that the more we can define this basis, the more we can define the spaces of spaciousness, tolerance, for the world, then this is art. If we can amplify that by giving it more attention and by using it, it begins to get its own energy and that like, drains the energy from the thinking mind. Because thinking itself is not a problem, it's the seething and the restlessness is the problem. Yeah. And so that, that's actually that's a heart quality. That's an emotional quality. We're anxious, we feel pressurized, we feel urgent, we're going to do things that make something happen, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to achieve things. Huh? Who said that? Well, everything says that always. That's what it calls the world. So no wonder you got it, because that's the basic message. Nothing wrong with you, specifically. Because we've been listening to a particular channel that's actually crazy, unharmonious, discordant, potentially abusive, power, inequality, lack of sympathy. These are the all signs of the working business world yeah. get things done, achieve things, fix a problem. Yeah. You nature, nature doesn't fix problems, it just adapts and cooperates and it's on its way, and things pass, and things flourish. So it's all in balance. So this is very unnatural that we adopt that. We're going to change our channel. And this is a working place for lands. It's chipped upon the cultivation, the amplification of chitta. Often the amplification of normal in your mind consciousness, you get to something you might call heart consciousness, like these words. This says there is definitely a great potential for this other receptivity, which is the entry into full awareness. We're able to step back. Not because we dislike something, but in order to wisely oversee what's going on. And we also learn to cultivate an emotional withdrawal, dispassionate, cool, no pressure, no urgency, no holding up, no, no examinations, no right and wrong, 
signal, it calms down again. Now, um, what happens if that signal keeps repeating? Yeah, it goes up and up and up. Yeah, so you get to that. And after a while, that, your nervous system gets set to that particular rate 
of activation. So you're like that. And after a while the sound doesn't bother you because you're already hyper. Now we can liken sangsara to be a permanent stuck sound signal. <laughs> and life in the world in general is rather like that. You've got it's because it's not just sound, it's uh, visual impact, fast moving vehicles, flashing lights, people hastily talking to each other, a lot of fast movement, a lot of driven states. Yeah? And so we get this perhaps not as profound as the, as the sound signal, but general hypering of our nervous system gets hyperactive. And particularly if you're also doing business, you're engaging with it, moving along, da-da-da-da-da, everything gets revved up to the point when the system forgets how to discharge. Yeah. So maybe we go home, then we watch television, it's still different different things are coming in but the same still the same impact is happening just change from one medium to another so now we come into a situation suddenly all the signals are turned off and the system is doing this hey where am I yeah. because it, it's like the nervous system is used to a constant rate of input and now it's not happening so you get this kind of crash neurological crash and then you think, so then the mind starts creating signals of things to do things we should have done things other people did things we wish they hadn't done the future, the past the world, cost of beans anything <laughs> fantastic recipe anything just to keep that same level going and so we can now this isn't something you can overcome rationally with your thinking mind because your thinking mind is part of the system but if we refer to the body yeah, so obviously our emotions and our thoughts are wired up to our, our nervous energy but also our body is so you can start to work on steadying, soothing the body. Yeah. And that, you could say, is one of the main keys of what we do in meditation. Yeah. Now again, this doesn't... This is a, to imagine this means we're just going to do it by sitting still is rather a, a steep learning curve. You go from hyperactive to stability in one shot, it's unlikely. So when we come into sitting still, very likely the mind will spin off. Therefore we say uh, uh, movement, walking, moving around, and to get uh, basically all of the, um, the neurological patterning in our system is attuned to the muscles. Right? that makes sense? Because what's it all about? It's about do this, do that, make this happen, stop that, don't do this, go there, one of, one of those. All of those are activations that trigger muscular responses. Sometimes it's just muscular response of the face talking. 
or getting excited. Sometimes it's a levelling of the heart rate. Sometimes it's a sense of the body just feeling very busy. The muscles start to warm up for action. Get going. All of our, you know, that life is all about action. And action in a body occurs through the muscles. So they carry a huge amount of the impact and the debris, I'm afraid to say, of hyperactivity. Muscles that get overloaded, they become stiff because there's so much energy in them, they, they can't discharge it, so they get stiffened up. Now, you don't want to be sitting still with that unless you can, the, if you're skillful, you can use breathing which again is a muscular process, just as much as it's an air process, it's a muscular process, to send this steadying rhythm through the muscles of the body. Because the breath muscle is the diaphragm. And uh, the beauty of of this uh, breathing system, and in fact of the body in general, is that the muscles coordinate. Yeah. They coordinate. For example, if we walk, how many muscles are involved in walking? Just imagine your feet, your toes, your ankles, your knees, your calves, your thighs, your hips, yeah. lumbar region, the waist, everything. You don't really notice it because you don't have to do it. But the muscles do it. They coordinate to give you a smooth, graduated rhythm. Right? Does that make sense? For example, it, you know, how to walk smoothly it means the body has to know how to lift the leg and how to hold the balance while the other leg comes down when you're standing on one foot for that half second or second or whatever it is. Your entire body is balanced on a little pink slab this big. For a female, that big. And the body knows if you don't get it right, fall over, crash, you can hurt yourself. So it's very highly attuned to how to maintain that balance without having to think about it. Because you, you can't figure it out. But the muscles know how to coordinate, to be able to handle weight, how to lift weight just enough so your leg doesn't fly up into the air. It just lifts enough, it moves enough as it moves, it's synchronized to the waist. You know, the weight comes down one leg, the other leg is light, it moves forward and turns and it touches the ground touching the ground and then the body recognises that ground is strong, it's steady I can rest on that and then the weight shifts to the other leg and then the back leg takes its turn there's a lot of muscular intelligence in walking yeah so walking is definitely a big feature of meditation unfortunately many people nowadays have substituted their legs for wheels. 
or even, even more effective, the one-click button. You don't have to go shopping and all that tedious walking around and seeing people. And you just click a little button. All you need is enough power in one finger and your dreams come true. <laughs> Who needs walking? <laughs> just sit in your chair and click that little button. <laughs> and because of the way we are driven by these uh, fulfilment of desire is a big theme for human beings when you can fulfill your desires with one click <laughs> of course you're going to do it so we adapt to that particular but you're not going to fulfill meditation with one click I assure you <laughs> However good your clicking is, <laughs> you've got to get the whole system into it, right? And uh, this uh, muscular and embodied intelligence, which knows how to operate the muscles, knows when you're putting too much effort in, knows when you're not doing enough, knows how to maintain balance, and primarily knows how to coordinate. It moves the energy around. The way muscles communicate to each other it's not through words, it's through energy. You feel, you know, not enough energy here, more energy needed to do that. Not enough energy, I can't lift that, more energy needed. So energy comes down there and we lift that. So it's that shifting of energy around is what makes the muscles more than just lumps of meat, but intelligent. You know, how much effort does it take to lift a glass of water? Yeah. Now, because I know what that is, I don't fling it over my shoulder. I think I don't require too much effort, nor do I just kind of, you know, play with the edge of the glass. There's a sense of how much firmness is needed, how much effort is needed, and you can't, don't have to think about it. You can't think about it. You can't figure it out. But you can do it. Now, one of our practices, how to get this thinking mind to tune in to this other kind of intelligence, which is actually more fluid, more connected, and also it does know how to discharge energy. Now, your thinking mind is not designed to do that. Your thinking mind is designed to use energy to pump it out to create things. It's a creator and an organiser, a comparer. It, it, it just uses energy. It does not know how to discharge energy. <laughs> Similarly, if your emotions are stimulated, it takes a little bit of disp you know, stepping back in order to say, look, you're getting too excited here. And what do you do? You generally take a breath and relax. Your body moderates your emotional energy, doesn't it? So you start to notice this is, this is kind of nothing mystical about this. Body knows how to discharge energy. When you, you finish your work, 
You sit down, relax all your muscles and breathe out, don't you? At least if you're not clicking something. <laughs> Which you probably are nowadays. <laughs> taking those times, those breathe out times. And again, breathing. Breathing, breathing out discharges energy. And discharging energy is equally important to arousing it. And mostly our society is about arousing energy and doing all kinds of interesting, vibrant, fascinating, important, urgent, necessary stuff with it. And not about discharging it, just being empty and quiet. That's considered a bit of a waste of time. <laughs> so there's a whole kind of psychology you have to work with because a lot of one's sense of self-esteem is based upon your ability to do things and achieve things and get things done. And that will always buy into the activation model the activation aspect, which is part of it, but it ignores the discharging, deactivation. How to let go. And it begins, or it's... If, well, it can start anywhere, really, but the uh, real change of energy occurs through the body. <clears throat> and when that any moment of that, what occurs is the topic one was thinking about or the emotional energy one was obsessed with softens. Oh well, it's a bit disappointing, never mind try again yeah. so you get that right. yeah. and if this is a, a cultivated to a gradual and in-depth process we begin to review activation with a much more balanced intelligence okay there's activation we are active, we're human beings we like to do things, that's fun, that's good that's helpful don't overdo it now because this stuff gets addictive. It gets embedded addictive and your whole nervous system gets addicted to doing and being a doer. So you've got to take those times when you, you stop that and know how to stop it. Then you change, you get to change to a much more balanced, holistic view of how, how your intelligence operates. That balanced view, you begin to see, well, actually, activation, yeah, but where's this going? Where's this going? Actually, what are the results of all this, doing this and doing that? And that? It's kind of fun and interesting. It's got all the color to it, doesn't it? You, know, you can sit and plan next meal and the cooking, we can think of the spices, the colours, the textures. It's got a lot of, of colour to it, our imagination. 
we could have a project and imagine building something, designing something, it's suddenly very vibrant. Yeah. Bright colours. Or we could be brooding over something, something we're going to tell somebody off, we're going to get our words back onto somebody who did me down. This is what I'm telling her next time I see her. You get a plan of what you're going to say to this person next time you see her. See, it's very colourful, dark colours. All this colouring is called raga. You know, Indian music is done is created in terms of ragas. Ragas are moods, colours. You colour everything. The mind colours things. I'll translate as passion. Passion is perhaps too strong a word. But there's a, a love of colouring everything. And as with wiser perspective, one can begin to acknowledge the colouring is something I'm adding to it. It's a bit like makeup. Hmm. What happens if I don't colour it? Just see it as it is. Hmm. At least getting that, that idea, that perspective, that maybe colours and passions and all that are not that great. At least you're going to treat them lightly. Because this colouring process, raga, Guess what? It takes a lot of energy. It uses energy. And uh, it uses energy. It creates things. It's actually void in itself. It's void of integrity. It's void of ethical concern. You know, one can create a horrible story about slaughtering people. Your mind can do that. Or you can create a beautiful fantasy about loving somebody. Or you can create a sexual fantasy. Any colour you like. Dark, blue, silver, luminous, weird, doesn't matter. Colours, we got everything, says Raga. Any colour you like, I'll do it for you. But it's not saying respect what you're colouring. Respect the person that you're creating these fantasies around. Say, no, fantasise about him or her. Wait a minute. I don't want to keep colouring people or events. In fact, my mind is addicted to colouring. I lose a sense of honour, respect, ethical concern. So we might take certain animals, like a little dog, right? and we colour that dog as cute little poopsy, <laughs> who's my love object. Yeah? I can't find another human being I like very much. <laughs> because they argue, they're cantankerous, they're weird. 
they've got opinions, they want to do their own thing. Dog. Totally adoring, lovable, looks at me, looks happy every time I see him. You'll do. And then you colour it. Little poopsy. And you buy a little coat and you shampoo its ears or whatever. <laughs> but is that the real dog? You're creating a fantasy. And then, of course, when the creature dies, oh, poopsy, I'm going to it wasn't the dog that died, it was your fantasy that died. <laughs> and dogs are just the beginning. <laughs> it's even worse when you do, do do it to another human being. <laughs> and uh, through trial and error, you begin to realise maybe reality's better. <laughs> Difficult, but perhaps it brings out the best in me. <laughs> Perhaps it brings out my sense I have to actually put in some effort and some patience and some resolution and some kindness and some letting go and some honesty and some self-inquiry and yeah, let go of my craving. Maybe this is better. Reality may be better for me. Oops. <laughs> Take the colour out. Sound bleak? Well, of course, uh, uh, we don't just have that's only one quality that gets imparted. The interesting thing is if we stay with the heart and we recognize that when, when this coloring, this raga, is diminished, what arises perhaps is a greater sense of self-consciousness respect reality, honesty stability this is rather beautiful what I'm saying in reality I don't mean you know trees and cars and bricks I mean your felt reality these are just objects we can see with our eyes your felt reality is the one you're living in why it's real is because you're living in it because you are it (laughs) you're not a brick or a car or a tree so the reality is your living being and respecting that and we start to actually contemplate this living being the animate living being with its energies and dynamics and, you know, and there's something really beautiful in that in that we have things such as gratitude and forgiveness and compassion and patience and you name it it's in there and we give it a chance for these to brighten up so they begin to take the place that was normally filled with raga. We do feel bright, infused, but it's no longer through colouring, it's through honouring. Now, you know, we're doing puja, for example. That's a deliberate honouring 
in which all I'm saying you want to do is first of all just get your, your body, it's a bodily exercise, to do what it takes to send energy through the breath and through the body in a particular way that causes sound to arise. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to pray to anything. You just listen to the sound of your voice. Particularly when you have a group of people, listen to the sound of that and you feel the energy and the tingling and the uplift in that. That's, that's physiological as well as emotional. Right? And certainly in that condition, that atmosphere, there's a strong likelihood that what will arise is your deepest wish for truth. Because this is also the nature of the heart. As I said earlier, the nature of the jitta is by itself, it seeks harmony. It's uncomfortable if we're not in harmony. It's uncomfortable with this environment. The ignorant being, what they do is they dominate the environment. So yeah, I'm in harmony because I've just controlled it all until you can't control it. The wise being says, I can't control it, therefore I, I, but I can live, I can respect it, and I can live in harmony with that. The livingness of it all. coming fully into life and then that love of harmony now in these situations such as the formulation of a retreat this love of harmony is going to express itself not so much in terms of our sensual environment what we can see in, with our eyes and so forth though that to a certain extent that's there but with our if you like our inner world how do I live in harmony with my painful back? How do I live in harmony with my agitated mind? How do I live in time with my harmony with my mood swings that go from totally flat and stale to hyperactive and buzzing? That's your question. That's your search. That's your search. But what it's going to take is a sense of detachment stepping back which means we give up the sense we're going to control things, make things work, find answers do the one click no, we're going to give that up instead open awareness it's like this then viraga non-passion non-colouring or removing this emotional stimulation Become more serene. Serene may be a high bar, too high a bar for you. <laughs> but aiming towards being a little more tolerant and allowing of these conditions and circumstances. Neuroda, deactivating, stopping, deactivating, just. And then through that, and then Bosaga, you're beginning to relinquish. It's called relinquishing the false strategies, the false ideology, the deluded ideology of samsara. It's just, this is not real. I'm not in this. 
this is crazy, I'm not in this. I'm alive in this. Naturally, any of these sequences of steps that we so often see in in Buddhist uh, teachings, dog one, two, three, four, five, there you go. Actually, it's one, and then one, and then... (laughs) Stick on one for a while. (laughs) And eventually, if you stay with it, it'll kind of move towards one and a half. Then maybe you might get to two with a, oh wow, I had a moment of dispassion, fantastic, you know. Don't get excited because it'll, it'll pass. <laughs> Once you begin to know there is a trajectory, and when you get to these places where something to some degree ceases, you take a photograph of that. Like, this is what I'm like when I'm not crazy. Wow. Who am I? What is it? Who is she? What's right here? Openness, awareness. Sensations moving, name, identity doesn't matter, place doesn't matter, time doesn't matter, just in that. No momentum, no pushing on. Notice it whenever that drops into that. Now what I'm suggesting for you is supportive of this is uh, don't get too fixated on a particular posture or technique or even anything that I'm saying. It's your riddle. <laughs> but I'm suggesting, as a, just as a, as a framework, quite a, an open but not unbounded. We have the framework of the ethics, we have the framework of retreat centre, with the framework of this sense of a body here, just lightly the skeletal structure, the overriding structural aspect of the body, just putting time into just tuning that in as best one can. And why I'm offering this is because you can sustain this when you're standing, sitting, or walking, or even reclining. You can maintain that reference to the body. And if we look in the Satipatthana, the Buddha said exactly this in his own words. Standing, walking, sitting, reclining, eating, dining, urinating, you name it, scratching. One is mindful of this body. Now that means, in my mind, that you're not focused on any one point in the body, but you've got an overriding sense of the whole thing moving as a unit or sitting as a unit, or standing as a, as a unit, from the soles of the feet to the crown of the head, across the width of the body. Just like you're walking in a bubble. So your senses are restrained, so you're not going out anywhere, but they're held within that circumference, you know, like an arm's distance. Why do I say an arm's distance? Because as far as the body goes, that's the obvious mark, isn't it? outside this arm's distance as far as the body's concerned that's not my topic it's the mind's topic but it only gets to be the body's topic when it gets within this arm's distance because now it's going to hit me isn't it or I can get it right so that's the natural setting for bodily awareness like that outside of that is who knows then we can actually feel 
balance of the body, a sense of space, not about absence, but absence of pressure. Tuning into absence of pressure. This again is an element that's perhaps subtle or deeply wished for, but we lose touch with it in a highly impacted society or environment. We lose touch with space. We speak fast. We don't leave pauses. We don't have odd moments when nothing happens. We're clicking away on our phones, the next thing. Yeah? So the space element doesn't mean boring bit until the next thing happens. It means lovely place where I can feel the sense of freedom from, from impact. Take some adjusting to it. But your body can feel that because for sure, without space around your body, you would be squashed flat. <laughs> it's pretty important. You try and walk without space, it's not going to happen, is it? And this, so we can turn to walking meditation as an example. When you're doing walking meditation, it's your body moving within space around it, how it, how it moves and operates within space. So your awareness is kept in that circumference and clearly you're not going anywhere in particular so you turn your eyes down, you switch them down like you're dimming headlights not interested but I'm very interested in what I can sense with my skin and when the muscles relax the skin brightens up energy comes into the skin discharge of the muscular tension tends to make the skin feel more open and sensitive and softer. Muscular tension, we lose the skin, you just get a shell. After that, you just go out in your head, body disappears altogether. In walking meditation, you're getting familiar, more familiar with, if you like, the, the fluid co co uh, cooperating muscles and the sensitivity of the skin which is just sensing cool, warm what's happening externally is freedom from pressure even perhaps more significant what's happening internally maybe various kinds of pressure are occurring in there and essentially you just keep as if you're opening your skin and just letting it out. I call the process steaming off. Yeah? Steaming off. And as you're in a fury, hated up state, just walk up and down. Okay. Right. Walk up and down. Steam it off till the energy just begins to dissipate. Now it comes through clearly your awareness, but also through the skin energy begin to release through the skin. So then we can pick up walking meditation. Now I'll demonstrate that because I recognize as the human being loses legs and has wheels instead, 
they don't necessarily sort of lose some of the, the uh, walking capacities. They can sort of run for buses and trains. They can scamper around shops. But they can't necessarily walk <laughs> in a comfortable way. So I'll demonstrate. <laughs> all creatures we're one of the few creatures that does two legs gorillas to a certain extent but we got beautiful walking nothing walks like a human apes need to use their arms but we've got this ability to have a an upright carriage the spine can hold you upright which means your arms are loose really loose yeah. and also Walking encourages the waist to be flexible because we're going to swing not through any deliberate decision but if you walk properly that's what happens to facilitate it. So standing, upright carriage so I'm not leaning forward into anything and switching down the eyes just enough to see coming onto one leg. Now what's going to happen? I'm going to lift this leg. The, so I've come onto the left leg, I'm going to lift the right leg. I'm going to lift from both the angling of the knee and the foot, but that's not going to lift it. The lifting has to come from the lower back. Right? Doesn't take much. It's going to come from back here. So those two systems have to work together. This, so not this muscle in the back has to activate, and the muscles in the leg cause the leg to bend. The two have to occur together. If I just lift with the back, I can't do walking because the leg's still straight. So the back lifts and the knee bends. Still, that is not going to go very far unless a turn. Right. So the turning is occurred through the waist. whereby what's occurring seems to me is the spine is turning in the pelvis you know the spine comes down to the pelvis now it's rotating within the pelvis so everything in the upper body follows that turns round doesn't it if we're not rigid so as that turns as I lift the right leg the flexing of the waist and the spine turns the rest of the body to the left. Notice I'm standing here on one leg maintaining balance with no particular effort 
what's occurring is the turning of the to the left of the upper body is counterbalancing what's the the weight of the right leg no falling over because this up here is acting as a counterbalance to the weight of the leg so leg is really light easy so I can do what I like with it <laughs> because I'm in balance okay. now I'm going to lift the leg and then legs going to swing forward that's again a little bit of push from the back leg swings forward toes come down then we're going to shift onto that right leg as you can see the upper body is still holding the weight on the left side until they feel very confident that that ground beneath is strong and then we, it will release release and then I can do the opposite so what it looks like is that and the arms are light and this uh, because the muscles coordinate and signal when you've got a major amount of the muscles sign signaling hey this is comfortable, this is relaxed then things in your face start to get that message and they start to relax I don't have to keep pushing this thing along I don't have to figure out the future you know, this goes, begins to pick up the same message because the muscles talk to each other and the message now is moving in balance, gentle flow and so, oh that's rather then this causes the face muscles and the things in the gut where one feels tense or nervy to get that message, it's okay you can just relax now you're comfortable, you're being carried there's no urgency, you don't have to hold anything tight and it's a very beautiful message to bring into the body course you know, as with every other meditation the big snag is getting this thing up here to connect to it to acknowledge it because meanwhile this is going fine so now's the time to think about that fantastic dish I was going to cook what was it Ch uh, chilies or rice or peppers or what's she doing over there she looks strange you know just <laughs> So just get it to read, you know. <laughs> get it to read, like what's happening. And you know, you can bring obviously you can bring words in, like one step, one step, one step, one step. Feels like, feels like smooth. Feels like easy. So we're detecting what you might say primary elemental properties emotional properties yeah. so how does that feel to you? yeah I guess it's kind of smooth isn't it? naturally this takes time because as I said you know, our taste is often highly attuned to extremely stimulating this is not Olympics 
this is not fantastic dancing this is not figure skating it's just plodding up and down big deal but actually really tuning into the possibilities of something real you can do it it's accessible in the here and now mm. and properly cultivated steadily cultivated enthusiastically turned towards it will be for your long-lasting welfare and benefit long-lasting yeah whereas most things gone quick hit gone <laughs> this is no quick hit but then it stays <laughs> the effects stay you reset okay friends talked a long time thank you for your patience thank you for listening let's spend some time find your own place situation you'd like to do some walking in give yourself enough suitable time and you're feeling you want to sit down come and sit down and so we can moderate the form the postures according to our what seems suitable disposition okay have a good morning